Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? I'm with you. I'm alive. And we are live, and I'm so thrilled to be that. I pray that you're doing well and that you've all got your children out of public school for sure and many Catholic schools and many private schools uh, who are destroying our children and our civilization. Um, I pray that's the case. Don't hesitate. Don't weigh your financial means. The only thing at stake is the soul of your children, not your financial means. God will always provide, not in the lifestyle you may desire, but he will always provide. King David wrote in the Psalms, I've never seen the righteous begging bread. He will provide for those who love him, who follow him. He works all things together for good, not for everybody, but for those who love him, Romans 8.28, and are called according to his purpose. So don't fear, beloved. Don't let the world guide your life with God. Don't let circumstances determine how you raise your children and get one another to heaven. Don't let any of that affect you. Put the soul first. Put your faith first and learn how to live without a job, without finances, and soon without electricity. You need to learn to do that. If you wait, you're going to be in trouble. So don't wait. And um, I'm going to go back to a, a very important article that we began yesterday. It is the psychology of totalitarianism. It is what our current uh, so-called government, world reset governments, global governments are trying to do completely totally control the world and everyone in it. And to do that, they need to destroy a good percentage of the population, which was the purpose of COVID, to do that. And uh, as we know, more people died from the COVID injection than died from COVID itself. Um, And people are still suffering. Uh, People are dying two, three years later, even. So... um, uh, if you think I'm an alarmist, just look up the news and, and think for yourself. The problem with this um, is mass hysteria. It is how a few people in power are able to control practically overnight the population as they did with COVID. Everyone gave in. A great, not everyone, but a tremendous percent, percentage of the population, the schools, the government, the church, bishops, priests, uh, the Holy Father himself, everyone gave in to this evil. Not everyone, but a tremendous percentage. And we are the worst for it. Um, So uh, don't give in. The evil leaders, uh, the world leaders, are not going to stop. They're going to triple their efforts, and their efforts they're not new plans. They're, they've been in place for a long time. And fear is their motivator. If they can get a large percentage of the population to be afraid, then 
We stop thinking for ourselves and we're ready to give everything up that we own and love in order to survive. Well, we need to give everything up that we own and love in order to be in heaven, not to survive physically on earth, but to be in heaven forever. And where we left off yesterday, um, there's a, a new subtitle in the article titled The Historical Context for Mass Hypnosis. It is easier to understand what mass formation, M-A-S-S, mass form group civilization formation is. If you consider it as mass hypnosis, that's what I think it is. <clears throat> Because they are not merely similar, they are identical. Desmond, the author of The Psychology of Totalitarianism, says, Mass formation is a kind of hypnosis that emerges when specific conditions are met. And disturbingly, these conditions and the hypnotic trance that emerges almost always precede the rise of totalitarian systems. And I said yesterday, I've had intelligent, thinking people, friends as well, come against me for speaking against the vaccine. They're still blind. They're still, they choose to remain in fear and ignorance. He writes, while totalitarianism and a classical dictatorship share certain features, there are distinct differences at the psychological level. According to Desmond, a classical dictatorship at the psychological level is very primitive. It is a society that is frightened of a small group, a dictatorial regime, because of its aggressive potential. Totalitarianism, on the other hand, arises from a very different psychological mechanism. Interestingly, the totalitarian totalitarian state did not actually exist before the 20th century. Listen to this. The totalitarian state did not actually exist before the 20th century. That's the 1900s. It is a relatively new phenomenon, and it is based on mass formation or mass hypnosis. The conditions for this mass hypnotic state were first met just before the emergence of the Soviet Union and Nazi Germany. So that is our historical context. These conditions were again met just before the COVID crisis. What we are seeing now is a different kind of totalitarianism, largely due to technological advancements that have created extremely effective tools to subconsciously influence the public. We now have very sophisticated tools with which to hypnotize far larger masses of people than they could in earlier times. But while our current day totalitarianism is global rather than regional and the information war more sophisticated than anything the Soviets or Nazis could muster, the basic psychological dynamics are still identical. <clears throat> so what are those psychological dynamics? Beloved, I, I don't know how to stress in my mind and heart the importance of this 
because I I haven't come across people who have not given in to fear. To fear. And to basing every second of their life to learning how to live without electricity and every single prep and every single food. These smart things. But if you put all that prior, before our faith, before teaching your children, before living the faith without compromise, you have bought into this hysterical hypnosis. What are those psychological dynamics, he says? Mass formation is a clinical term that in layman's jargon could simply be translated as a kind of mass hypnosis, which can occur once certain conditions are fulfilled. When you are being hypnotized, the first thing the hypnotist will do is to detach or withdraw your attention from the reality or environment around you. Then, through this hypnotic suggestion, usually a very simple narrative or sentence started out loud, the hypnotist will focus your full attention on a single point, for instance, a moving pendulum, or just his voice. From the perspective of the hypnotized person, it will seem as though reality has vanished. An extreme example of this is the use of hypnosis to make people insensitive to pain during surgery. In that situation, the patient's mental focus is so narrow and intense that they don't notice that their body is being cut into. It's astounding, isn't it? In the same way, it does not matter how many people are injured by the COVID measures because the focus is on COVID and everything else has vanished in psychological terms. That's why I could get emails from people, intelligent people, solid Catholics who are um, telling me how wrong I am and how I'm injuring people by telling them to stay away from the vaccine. People can be killed for not wearing a mask, and the hypnotized will not raise an eyebrow. Children can die from starvation, and friends can commit suicide from financial desperation. None of it will have a psychological impact on the hypnotized, because to them, the plight of others does not register. A perfect example of this psychological blinding to reality is how COVID jab deaths and injuries are simply unrecognized and not even considered to be causal. As I said earlier, beloved, we know the statistics say that more people have died from the vaccine than have died from the disease. We have natural immunity. Most people have recovered from COVID. But... They have not recovered from the vaccine. There's the music for our first break, dear ones. Call in with anything on your heart during this entire hour. Toll free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. When we come back, I'll continue with this article, but I most dear Brother James is with us. If you call in, he'll let me know. 
Do you love listening to the Station of the Cross on your car radio, but sometimes find yourself driving outside the listening area? Never miss another minute of your favorite show. Download the iCatholic Radio app so you can listen anywhere in the world 24 hours a day. The iCatholic Radio app is available for your phone in the Apple Store or for your Android phone in Google Play. Visit thestationofthecross.com for more information. The Station of the Cross is listener-funded, and we value your ongoing generosity. In this fast-paced world, it's easy to let your recurring donation slip due to something like a new address or a card number change. If you suspect that we might not have your up-to-date donor information, you can check with us during regular business hours at 1-877-888-6279, extension 104, or anytime online at thestationofthecross.com. Prayer of Deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are live today. We are here, and I'm so thrilled to be with you. Um, We are in the middle of an article, A Psychology of Totalitarianism, which we are uh, subject to, all of us, uh, unless we do not allow ourselves to be taken over by fear and hypnotized. Um, And we'll continue with this article, James, unless we have any calls. Yes, we do. So let's go quickly to Amy in Colorado, who's been holding for a few minutes here. Welcome to the show, Amy. Good morning. And what's your question for Mother? Good morning. Mother, how are you feeling today? I'm doing much better, Amy. God bless you. And thank you so much, dear. Oh, thank you. I've I've called in a couple of times before, and you've always given me such helpful wisdom. And I have actually two questions today, if I may, please. You may, sure. Um, The first one is, um, you might recall, I, I lost my job back in March because I was taking care of my father who's ill. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ha- honestly have not had a chance to look for a new job wow. um, with all the things that we're going through personally. Okay. And we've had a lot, but the Lord has met every one of my needs. Blessed be God forever. Blessed be God forever. Amen. Um, but I have a friend in my life. We just went through a very um, hard, fiery trial 
where um, I won't go into the details, but it was very costly mm-hmm. and it could have harmed our health and so much. But thank God he, he had his hand over my father and I. We did not get sick. He met our needs financially. Everything that I could ever hope for or pray for, he has helped us. Good. Um, I have a friend in my life who is not a Catholic. They are more of a Protestant denomination, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, she has, uh, you know, reached out to me. I used to work with her, and she's reached out to me just to see how things are going. So, you know, I mentioned things that are happening, and she's she's kind of insinuating that um, my family may have like a generational curse over us. And I, I'm not sure. I know the Bible speaks of, you know, generational curses and stuff, but I don't. I know that the evil in the world is so strong today with the occult and the witchcraft and so many people that um, have their eyes closed. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you: Is that, you know, she's she said to me several times before, and I don't think she means it to be coming across hatefully or anything like that no she probably wants to be helpful right um well like i've never known any believer that has had so much come against them like you i think you have a curse what i i told her about you know the first peter talks about don't think it's strange when fiery trials come upon you you because you're sharing in christ's suffering excellent excellent and and Uh, she's like but that, that changed when Jesus came. No, it did not. My goodness, come on. Peter wrote that after Jesus came. He wrote that after the death and resurrection of Jesus. He wrote that, in fact, to the first century Christians who were Jews, who through persecution were scattered all over Asia Minor. That's why he told them that, because they were going through uh, fiery trials, not because they might in the future. So she's very wrong. She's very, you tell her that Peter wrote that because of the Christians following the death and resurrection of our Lord, who were scattered through persecution. Um, And so I don't know where she got her um, commentary from, but it's wrong. Um, would you say that um, the types of trials you and your dad and family have been through are indicative, indicative of uh, demonic situations at all? No, no. Yeah. I, I honestly feel, Lord, that the Lord, uh, I, you know, um, my mom's aunt, who is a devout Catholic woman, she's, she's passed many years now. She used to tell my, my mom, your family is going through trials and you're helping Jesus carry the cross. Good. You know? Good. You know, Amy, you're fine. Uh, you're fine. I, I'm not an exorcist or a psychologist or anything. Uh, God has met your every need and um, you love him and you proclaim his power and faithfulness. I don't think there's any problem there at all. If you ever want to look more into generational spirits and that kind of thing, uh, have you ever listened to Father Chad Ripiger? No, I have not. Well, I'm not asking you to do this. I'm not even suggesting it, but he's an extremely faithful, traditional Catholic priest and one of the best exorcists in the country. 
And if you type in Father Rippiger, R-I-P-P-E-R-G-E-R, on YouTube, for example, and just type in Generational Spirits, you'll see his talk on that. And um, it'll give you more information. I don't think you have anything to worry about. I don't think that we do either, Mother, honestly. It's just, I just feel so... Um, Instruct your friend. Well, I try, but it's like she's closed off. They, they don't want to hear anything. They, they think because well, I'm a Catholic, correct. I'm, I'm, yeah. in an, I'm in an occult. Well, you know, and tell, I her, share with her. tell her that Martin Luther, who left the Catholic Church and was largely responsible for the Reformation, um, is the one who said, were it not for the Catholic Church, we would not have the Bible. Because the Catholic Church gave the world the Bible. And um, you just say to her um, that she needs a little history past the Reformation, that it was written, the, the, the Bible was written by the prophets and apostles, it was canonized through bishops and popes of the Catholic Church in the 4th and 5th centuries, and handed down to her, who followed a man who left the Catholic Church. Um, she may not listen to you, but she doesn't understand that history whatsoever. And just say to her, um, if you uh, trust the scriptures, then you need to do a little homework on St. Peter and, um, and the writing of First and Second Peter. Yes. And when it was written and to yes. whom. And I've tried to share with her many times, and I keep trying, but she's, she's of the, the mindset of what her religion and her faith that um, when you're a Christian, uh, you're, everything's going to be real smooth for you in your life. And I've tried to tell her that um, the Bible is actually very clear. Christ suffered, and we're going to suffer. Don't tell her. Don't even. She's not listening to you. Why don't you? um, And and First Corinthians um, uh, one twenty four. Paul says, "I fill up not Corinthians, uh, Colossians one twenty four. I fill up this that which is lacking in the sufferings of Christ." Um, Just uh, go into. A Bible gateway or a search of some kind, and print out all the that you'll you'll get them all in a row, all the verses that have the word suffering in them, and you'll see how it's part of our vocation to suffer with Christ. Yes, and I all truly right. believe that as well. Of course, um, and, that, and like I said, print it out and I give it to seen. her on. Don't don't say it to her. Print it to her. When you see her next, say, I just have a note for you. Give it to her and don't say anything. Let okay. her read it and make sure you have every scripture verse. And she's I, she's I, at a social gospel. Yes, I, I, and, I, and I've been trying to, yeah, I, I, I'm, she's I'm not hitting my listen head against to you. the wall. That's right, because you're Catholic <laughs> and she's not going to believe you. Just put yes. it on paper. Put it on paper. Yes, yes ma'am, I will. But as said, the Lord has met my needs and he's had his hand over us. And he's provided and protected us so more. Praise be, praise be Jesus. That's all. Okay, I dear one. Did you have a second point? Only because we have other callers. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm um, just really quickly um, at the end of the um, rosary. Um, for example, like on EWTN, when they after the daily mass, they recite the rosary mm-hmm. daily, and um, there's the portion at the end where the priest will say. 
um, for the Holy Father's intention. Good. We do the and, same. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I change it. I, I mean, like, whatever the, your intentions are, Lord, because if the Holy Father is, I, I have just a, in my mind, like, with his pushing the vaccine. And yeah, the Amy, let me interrupt you, sweetheart. Don't worry about praying for the Holy Father's intention because it's God who answers prayer. And he's not going to answer what is not according to his will. So if the Holy Father's intentions are evil or, or uh, apart from God's plan in any way, God is not going to give him what he wants. God's not a genie. We don't move God around. Uh, God is sovereign. And so if we pray for the Holy Father's intentions, and what we mean by that is what is good, dear Lord, what is according to your will, we pray for that. What is not according to your will, we ask you to thwart it. And we ask you to convert the Holy Father. That's, that's what we mean. Thank you for the clarification, Mother. I no problem. It. Surely, sure, Amy. God bless you, sweetheart. Keep up your good faith. God bless you. James, do we have, I think we have at least one more caller. Yes, we've got a couple more callers on the line. So we'll go next to V in Pittsburgh, who's also been waiting up uh, very patiently on the line this morning. Welcome to the show, V, and go ahead with your question for Mother. Hello, Mother. Hi, V. Um, I just, I have a dilemma in my town that I live in. Um, I belong to, I have lived in a small town, and um, there are two parishes. Well, there's more than one. There's a, a lot of them around, but these, um, it's both a nervous Ordo. Um, oh, you said that funny. You said the nervous. Did you say the nervous Ordo? That's very funny. Nervous. It, nervous. nervous. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm no, don't be so. That was quite funny. The nervous Ordo. Yes, go ahead. No, it's N O V U S, novus, which means novus. new. I'm sorry. That's what I meant to That's say. That's okay, sweetheart. Go ahead. Um, it's kind of traditional, but it's kind of changing a little more. Um, the, Novus Ordo is not traditional. No, but go ahead. Um, the, the one in, uh, there's one on campus. My daughter wanted me to go to Mass at 12 noon, so I did. And it's definitely not as traditional as the other one is. Um, when I, I was looking for the words to uh, what they were saying, so I went to get a bulletin. And when I opened the bulletin... They had a group for LGBT um, support. Welcome to the Nova Soto, right. Um, <clears throat> it, it, the, the proper thing to do would be just don't go to that church, but the problem Correct. is they're the same priests that are in my church. Well, I'm, I tell you what, um, I would go to that priest privately and say, Father... I just don't understand this. I know it's happening all over the place. But when I think back to Sodom and Gomorrah, God destroyed the entire town for their homosexuality. He killed them all. And he didn't say, let's form a welcome group. No one will be in heaven. Look at 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, not 13, maybe chapter 6. I have to look it up myself. And, and show him that homosexuals, slanderers, gossipers will not enter the kingdom of heaven. How can we have a group for them unless we're trying to convert them? Speak to him respectfully, but point it out to him. Well, thank you. Okay, dear. 
All right, sweetheart. There's the music for our second break, beloved. Uh, we still have, I think, Nancy on the line. Um, hold on, Nancy, and we'll be right back after the break. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as the Catholic Current. Father Robert McTague discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. We're happy to be with you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We strive to keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and a look at the breaking news of the day. Join us on the Catholic Drive Time Show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. across the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. That's every weekday morning at 7 a.m. We look forward to seeing you there. God love you. The Rosary, precisely because of its repetition, is a powerful prayer. It instills confidence in us, and Pius XII says it also has a gentle compulsion on the heart of Jesus and Mary. It compels them, so to speak, not to change their minds, but rather to give what we so ardently desire, to grant that which they so ardently want to give us, and we show ourselves in a certain way worthy of. That's Sermons for Everyday Living, weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern, on the Station of the Cross. We are helping to bring the Catholic community together through our Catholic Community Events page. You can discover the details about a community calendar event that you've heard on the air. Just click on the events tab at thestationofthecross.com and find your local station. If your parish or Catholic organization has an upcoming event and you'd like to get the word out, you can submit it for consideration under the events tab as well at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are live. This is our half hour together. We didn't get back to the article today, but we will tomorrow. Um, I, I'd like to take uh, our next caller and also um, catch up on, uh, since I've been gone almost two weeks, you've had so many encores, I really want to catch up on some of the emails. So, um, James, uh, is it Nancy on the line? Yes, we are going to welcome Nancy from Chicago to the show. Good morning, Nancy, Great. and go ahead with your question or comment for Mother. God bless you, Mother. You are an absolute light within the church. And um, my question is, um, my brother is getting married in a couple of weeks. He's 28. He is not a regular attending um, Catholic to to Mass, um, but he's intrigued and he's starting to get um, wanting to know more. So uh, he's getting married in the Catholic Church, and um, he has asked me to be a lector at the wedding um at the novus ordo um, catholic church it is yes now is he married yeah is he married well there would be no question of a female lector if it wasn't novus ordo um 
Let me see. Um, is he marrying a practicing Catholic? He is marrying a someone similar to himself. She is a Catholic. They are just starting to become interested in their faith. And although me, myself, I would say immediately, no, I don't believe women should be up in the sanctuary. Um, my only doubt is that because he is just starting to become interested that it might turn him off. Oh, my yeah. older sister who's so rigid and, you know, et cetera. So, Nancy, your sure being a lector is minor. It's a minor point. That's no problem. You can be a lector. In the Novus Auto Church, the church allows it. You can be a lector. The problem is they're getting married in the Catholic Church. That's the problem. Why is the priest marrying them? Neither of them are practicing Catholics. They may be baptized Catholics, but they're not practicing. They, part of the vows is to uh, raise your children Catholic. They're not living the Catholic faith themselves. They shouldn't be receiving communion. Um, why is the priest marrying them is my question. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's in a. It's not in. A, in it's not in their home parish. It's in. Um, it's in another diocese where uh, apparently that church is just known for its just its beauty. It's a very. No, uh, I understand someone getting. Those, I understand so, that, but yeah. why is the priest marrying them? Is my question. It doesn't yeah, matter what I mean, church I'm, is I'm it. Sure. See, the question is whether or not you should go to that wedding. Oh, oh. That's okay, the question. This is that. serious. Oh. They shouldn't be getting married. Um, if you could, I would go to the priest who's going to marry them and tell him the situation and say, Father, why, is, why do you feel it's okay to marry these people? And he may say, well, I didn't know their situation. And then I would say, shame on him because he must know it. And they must have had marriage prep. And they couldn't have passed marriage prep if they're not practicing Catholics. They should not be getting married. If they want to get married, the priest should give them, priest personally should give them instruction and see if they truly believe everything the Catholic Church teaches. And then they go, and if they've both been confirmed, and if not, they need to be confirmed and they need to be in confession, and they need to receive communion, and they need to be fully received into the church, and then they can get married. Mm. So you need, to speak to that, you need to speak to that priest and see what the situation is. It's in two weeks. Um, they should not be getting married. It is. Mm -hmm. okay. They might as well get married by mother. a justice of the peace in a chapel. And let it be a legal marriage, but not sacramental. Mm -hmm. Not sacramental. Well, I, I will immediately look into this, Mother. Thank you. Yeah. I didn't even think of that, to be honest. Of course, Nancy. So. Okay. I bless it's you, very, Mother. Very, Thank very so important. Much. All right. James, dear one, um, I think we'll go to the emails. Let's try to catch up a little bit. Sure. So first email today is from Bridget, who says, Mother, I have been warning people to prepare food for times of crisis for even longer than I have heard you doing so, but I'm still unprepared for cooking without electricity, gas, and oil. Could you please share with us specifically the means by which you and your sisters have prepared to do so? All these preparations are so overwhelming. Thank you, Bridget. Uh, Bridget, 
I understand. And, and they don't have to be overwhelming. Um, you just need to find one that is simple that you can use. And the way we did it was just going on to YouTube or Amazon or um, just typing in how to prepare for what's coming. I just did that. And there is a website. It says 22 ways to cook without electricity when the grid fails. And so um, it's on Primal Survivor, P-R-I-M-A-L, Survivor, S-U-R-V-I-V-O-R dot net, ways to cook without electricity. So there's one source to you. There's many ways to cook cook without electricity. And um, ways to cook without power, um, indoors, uh, ways to cook outdoors, uh, there are alcohol stoves. I'm looking down this article. Canned heat. Uh, all kinds of things there. A tuna can plus toilet paper stove. It's amazing what they've come up with in all of this. And they show you little videos of how to do it. So um, there's something called a buddy burner, a hay box oven. Uh, let me see. A tea light oven. Um, a wood fireplace. Uh, combination gas slash electricity cookers, which, again, you don't want that if there's no electricity and, no, and, and of course, a wood stove. Um, there's so many. Um, um, you just could look up preppers. There's so many videos, so much information. It's flooding the Internet now because we are expected to be out of food by 2023 and to be and the grid could be hit at any moment and we will have no electricity and those who have warned us about the future even say we will no longer have use of computers or cell phones and so we want to get that prep done as much as we can now while we still have the opportunity but 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 beloved put nothing before gathering your family and loving god and living the faith together, and getting good books. So get Butler's Lives of the Saints, so you have the whole story on all the saints. Um, I think it's four volumes, could be five, I forget. Uh, get the Catechism uh, Explained. It's the Catechism of Trent, explained by Reverend Sparago. It's a thick book. It's on the line of the Baltimore Catechism, but it gives an explanation for everything. You don't have to be a scholar, and it's for the family. It'd be a wonderful resource for you. Um, okay, James, back to you. Okay, we'll go now to a call from our dear friend John in Kentucky. John, welcome back to the program this morning, and what do you have for us? Hi, John. Well, first... Hey, how, how are you, Mother Miriam? I'm really doing so much better, John. God bless you. You, look, thank like you. you, you look like you're very chipper and, and feeling good today. You really oh, do. Right. I'm, and I, it's true. It's true. The, the picture does not lie. I'm doing great. I'm always happy good. when I can be with you live. Okay. Good. Good. Um, I, uh, I, I, I'll tell you real quick that for weeks I've been uh, cutting and splitting wood because I heat my house and... Good. And uh, I got a real stockpile of wood to to try to hang in there when all this stuff comes down. Okay, very good. I have I have been surprised at myself because I'm really really angry. Um, I hope it's righteous, but um, in the new film Pio, 
Um, they have a theme, a couple of themes, where Padre Pio, who is canonized saint with a stigmata, yelling at a woman to shut the F up. No. I know, yeah, well, I, I have actually seen the clips. Now, it's very positive what he has to say about the Latin mass and so on. And, and, and no, everything is positive, but but Padre Pio, in the film, the actor who plays him, makes that statement? Oh, uh, Mother, you know, I mean... Yeah, well, I you know what I would do with it. that, John? That's what? shocking to me. That is well, shocking. Your, and I mother, would... What? I would call... I know I'm interrupting you, dear one. I would call the producers of that film and say we need a source for that statement. Mother, can I can I say something? Yeah. One of the things that makes me so angry is that there's all kinds of Catholics. I mean, you're talking about massive hypnosis. There's so many Catholics, which I consider really good Catholics, who won't say anything about it, and they just come down on me so hard. For that? About, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. Okay, I, don't worry yeah, about them, John. Don't worry about them. I Just don't worry about them. But if I... Uh, I was. I just began last night in our community to watch the interview with Bishop Barron that he did with um, is it Shia uh, Leboeuf? I think I don't know how to pronounce his name. Who's the star of that? And through uh, uh, his um, learning how to play the part of Padre Pio uh, and and spending a tremendous amount of time with the Capuchins. He actually became a Catholic, and he became a Catholic. No one gave him a movie. No one gave him a book. Nobody lectured to him. He saw it, lived, and he became a Catholic, which is what I say. Live as if it's true, and that's how we convert the world. This man, um, in the beginning of the interview with uh, Bishop Barron, we only saw maybe 15 minutes of it, and it's over an hour. Uh, He's fantastic, this actor who's been converted. But... If I, if, if that, I trust you, John, if that line is in the film, I would call the producers and say, we need a source for Padre Pio having said that. We need a source. And if not, we're going to blast, we're going to say this film is blasphemy. Well, I loved the interview. I really did. And I'm not a Baron fan. Neither am I. I love the interview, and I and I thought what I I I thought what she has said was was great and true, and I'm so happy for his conversion. Good, but uh, you know I've seen these two clips, and someone in the chat is saying that maybe it was pirated. I I can get the clips and provide them for you. Very easy to find, and so you know here I have young now I have young teenage uh, uh, grandkids, and that's the image that they're going to get. No way! No way! It really really has frustrated me. They have to be called accountable. They have to be called accountable for that to destroy the image of a saint and Catholicism. They must be held accountable for that. I mean, I could be shocked that Padre Pio could have said that. I, I can't picture it, but I want a source for that. I would go on a rampage and not let that go, because that would be pure evil and the devil creeping into such a good film. Yeah, and they, it's depicted in a church, and they say that the woman was possessed. They have all these 
they have all these things that they're trying to make me swallow this. No, don't. It doesn't matter what anybody says. It doesn't matter what anyone says. Um, uh, Maybe the woman was possessed. It's not the issue. Um, You you can holler at demons without that language. So I, I, I would myself want to hold them accountable and get a source for it. God bless you. Don't try to convince anybody of anything, John. Just try to get a source. I'd call the producers and say, we need a source for Padre Pio having said that. Well, God bless you, Mother. God bless you. You too, John. God bless you. Beloved, there's the music for our final break. We'll be back. We'll have about 10 minutes, which is still time for you to call in if you wish. Toll free, 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. You can text at the phone number as well uh, with anything at all on your heart. We'll be right back. God bless you. Keep up to date with the shows we bring you each day on the station of the cross by viewing our programming grid on our website, thestationofthecross.com and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. In the New Testament's first letter of St. John, chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, we read, And we have this confidence in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in regard to whatever we ask, we know that what we have asked Him for is ours. It's incredible to realize how much God loves us, what He has promised us, and what He'll give us through our trust in Him. Have you prayed for the Station of the Cross today? We would be grateful. If you would remember us each day in your prayers, whether it's the Most Holy Rosary of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, the Liturgy of the Hours, the Most Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, or any other prayers you pray throughout the day, please also pray for the intentions of your fellow Catholic radio listeners. It's so important for us to remember to keep one another in prayer. Hello, this is Father Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. The last thing defenders of abortion want to talk about is the very thing they try to defend, namely abortion. They'll talk about choice and freedom, but won't define or describe abortion itself. The reason is simple. Abortion cannot be defended. One of the best things a defender of life can say to a defender of abortion is to ask, have you ever seen one? This is Father Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved. 
uh, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our final segment today, and we have 10 minutes, plenty of time if you wish to call in with anything on your heart, toll free, or text at one 511 5483 or email at mother at com. We just got off the phone um, with our dear friend John from Kentucky, and John, I'm going to um, just guess that you might still be listening in. You know what James and I were talking about off the air during the break is that the movie's not out yet. It's coming out either tomorrow, the 2nd of September, or the 12th. I, I, I don't remember that. It's not out in the public yet. And I watched the trailer of it, and I didn't see anything, and a clip, and I didn't see any of that in the trailer or the clip. Um, and so maybe I missed it, but um, I'm wondering how and where you even saw it, John. I, I, I don't think it's been out in public theaters yet. So, John, maybe you could call in again and let me know where you saw it or uh, send me a URL to the clip, something like that. Thanks, dear one. Okay, so our next email here is from Gladia, who says, Hi, Mother. Thank you so much for all you do. I love all your programs. They have been so much help. God bless Thanks, you. Thanks, Gladia. Thanks, dear one. I have a question. I have rosaries and other religious items, cards, pictures, and others. Some used to be from my mom. Some, I believe, are blessed. Some are damaged, and I don't think I can repair them. I heard a person in a program from YouTube speak regarding this, and if I remember correctly, he said religious objects need to be disposed of with respect on the ground as ashes. It was a bit confusing. Could you please give me some advice regarding this? Thank you so much. God bless you always. Gladia. Thanks, Gladia. Um, this is correct. Uh, you can give, you cannot sell blessed items. You can give them away, but if they are beyond repair, or if for any reason you want to dispose of them, the best way to do that uh, is really by burning them and burying them in the ground. That's the best way to do it. Um, I don't know if it's necessary to burn them, but as you heard, as ashes would mean that they would become ashes, they would be burnt. That's the proper way to do away with what's been blessed, is to burn it and bury it in the ground, as far as I know. That is the proper way. Um, you can keep them. You're not obligated to give them away or to burn them. You can keep them. You can give them away to someone who loves rosaries and loves to repair them, and they can live on forever. Um, but other than that, if you're going to dispose of them, don't throw them out. Um, go ahead and burn them and bury them in the ground. <clears throat> Our next email comes from someone who writes in anonymously and says, I have a niece who is 22, almost 23, and she is dating someone who is not Catholic. He just got a job in Chicago, so she may consider moving to Chicago next year. This concerns me deeply because Chicago is a very violent city with a very corrupt city government. The archdiocese is extremely corrupt and allows liturgical abuses all the time. I'm very concerned because my niece would not even recognize liturgical abuse because she grew up in the Omaha Archdiocese where communion in the hand seems to be the norm. In addition, in Chicago, the Cardinal just basically kicked out the traditional Latin mass group. Do you think it would be wrong for me to pray a 54-day rosary novena for her to find a good Catholic man, preferably one that goes to traditional Latin mass? I want her to know what a reverent mass should look like. 
It would not be wrong of you to pray that 54-day novena, but it would be wrong of you not to speak with your niece and to remain silent. I'm, I'm going to guess your niece is your sister's daughter or your brother's daughter. Uh, she's old enough. I don't know how close you are as a family, but um, again, you can pray for her. You should pray for her. It will never be wrong to pray, ever, uh, but you will be wrong to not speak with her, um, to, to see where she is in her faith and to warn her how the enemy will lead her away. Um, to begin with, she should not be moving to Chicago. They should continue seeing each other, dating, speaking. They could even Zoom now um, uh, from their different locations. If anyone moves, it should be him. So uh, she should not be moving to Chicago. It is a terrible diocese with a with a um, uh, arch uh, cardinal uh, Supic that has done a huge amount of evil and continues to do that. He's destroying the church in Chicago. Um, I would do everything I could to not make the Latin Mass the focus because your niece is just going to see you as a radical, fanatic traditionalist. That's not the point. The point is her being a Catholic and moving to a diocese that is not good and... um, and dating a man that is not Catholic. Uh, bring her to, to read the letter of 1 Corinthians. Our Lord says to be not be unequally yoked. A Catholic should not marry a non-Catholic. End of story. I know it happens. I know some stories have turned out well. But you are out of God's grace if you are Catholic and marry a non-Catholic. If you're Catholic in name only and you could care less... That's another matter. But then you don't get married in the Catholic Church. So I would absolutely call your niece, uh, see her in person if you can. Uh, If not, write her a lengthy letter. Do what you can to, um, to beg her to not give up uh, the faith once delivered to the saints. Um, And tell her that she's putting herself in the way of fire by developing affections for a man who's not Catholic, who will not be the head of the home, who will not raise the children Catholic. She's heading for trouble. And if they marry, uh, it will be their job to raise the children Catholic. God says the husband is to be the head of the home, the priest of his home, not the wife. All right. do we have another email, uh, James? Yes, this will probably be the last email we get to today. So this comes from Jason, who asks, how come a lot of Protestants I meet or know about seem so satisfied with their church and have no desire for the Catholic Church? Why don't they seem like they're missing out on the one true church? Oh, my goodness, Jason. You're, you're writing from a very uh, pure heart. Um Protestants, and I was, I came into Christianity through evangelical Protestantism. And as far as I knew, it was all, it was the Christianity that God gave. I didn't know I was a non-Catholic. I didn't know about the Catholic Church. I was introduced to Christ through a very wonderful, I will add, um, uh, evangelical church with, I'll let you know what uh, John MacArthur as the head. I was in 
at Grace Community Church for 14 years. I didn't think heaven could be better. I trusted everything he taught. He's a fantastic expositor, and I was part of the uh, ministries in that church. I ran their Bible Institute at night. I, I, I was... Uh, I didn't know there was anything more. And as far as Catholicism, I not only didn't long, long for Catholicism, but I was taught it's Satan's system. Why would I want any part of that? And why did I trust the people who told me it was Satan's system? Because I trusted that God brought me into Christianity there. It's the grace of God that brought me out and further. And so we need to pray for Protestants that they their hearts, that God somehow will open their hearts and um, uh, have them so desire our Lord Jesus as to not fear to say, Lord, I want to know you and nothing but you. And if there's any truth to the Catholic Church, show me that. And if not, show me that. And I'm going to ask, this is uh, not going to be appreciated by some, but I'm going to ask every single person listening to pray for the conversion of John MacArthur to the Catholic Church. He is a holy man of God with a great integrity, and why God led me further and didn't lead him, I have no idea. He's a better person than I am.